Yo, what's going on, y'all? It's your boy Soso, in case you ain't know so. And welcome back to another episode of Sports with Soso. Be sure to follow us on Instagram at Sports with Soso Podcast. And remember, you can always listen and download all of our episodes at sportswithsoso.com. Today, after the holiday break, we got some Miami Dolphins for you. We got some heat movement. And we also got some Jones Jr. Tyson coverage. And for you soccer fans, we got some Chelsea and EPL update. Let's go. Yo, yo, welcome back, everybody. Hope you guys had a good holiday break. There were a lot of sports going on locally, nationally, and unfortunately, we missed out on a couple of games, but we're back. Another episode. My boy, Joel. Yo, yo, what's in up, the bro? Building. Not much, man. How was what? your Thanksgiving, man? It was pretty good, bro. Surrounded by family, as it should be, bro. That's How right. about you? Yeah, same. Exactly. Same exact thing. I'm still eating on Thanksgiving leftovers, bro. I got to run a couple more miles. Holiday. It's crazy. As, as I got older, I forgot about like Halloween and, and Christmas, and I just care about Thanksgiving because it's the best meal I eat all year. For sure. But then it makes you want to exercise, right? Get the get the weight off, yeah, sure. the extra pounds. Yeah. Uh-huh. Not everybody. I Run guess. back to the kitchen and eat my leftovers. That's Absolutely. what I'm talking about. <laughs> Turkey for six days. But yeah, man, we uh we missed out on uh, some Finns actions, two games. Unfortunately, we, we saw a Finns loss. We saw a Finns loss, which was pretty yeah. whack. We lost to the Broncos on the road, uh twenty to thirteen. We actually both predicted big blowouts that game. You know what I mean? I had it thirty eight fifteen, you had it thirty one thirteen, which was like pretty much how it was looking when you look at the odds and shit like that but um for some reason they just couldn't get it going you know like the whole game like nobody had anything going like even parker who made like some real good catches and he's been pretty much on fire these last couple of weeks he didn't really have nothing 66 yards um tua had a really rough Rough, day rough game for tua got hurt twice hurt his ankle yeah hurt his thumb yeah, jammed his thumb. You know, that really stayed with him because he missed the next game uh, against the Jets. Uh, but Fitz came in the game, tried to save it, a little Fitz magic, but he just didn't have any Fitz magic, you know? Yeah, I mean, I, I didn't expect him to save us, you know, from that. Our defense, man, our defense just was, was not in it that day. Yeah. Uh, they put up 189 yards on the ground on us, 270 when, with who's their quarterback. I mean, they had just, they, this week right now, they had no quarterback. They had to sign some kid that used to play quarterback in college or something to play quarterback for them, and we couldn't even beat them two weeks ago? Are you kidding me? Yeah, it was pretty whack, man. I mean, think about it like this, bro. Um, They didn't have a quarterback, right? And they went almost for 400 yards That's offensively crazy. as a team, the which was Broncos. too easy. Uh, the defense didn't show up. I mean, the only guy who showed up is the guy who's been showing up all year, and that's the homie on the outside, Xavier Howard. Another yeah. pick for him. Right. Um, That gave him, I think, six. Now he's leading the NFL because he has seven. He got another one against the Jets. We're definitely witnessing the prime of Xavier Howard, bro. And it's crazy because the man, I got this crazy stat. I saw it the other day. Hit me with it. He leads the NFL in interceptions since December 2017. So that's three years. Three years he's been leading the NFL in interceptions. Missed 16 games in those three years. Damn. 16 That's games, a lot of games, That's a lot of games, bro. He basically missed, like, one whole season. You know what I mean? And, and he's still up there? He's still up there, balling. We paid him, so now we know he's not going anywhere. We have ourselves a Patrick Satane, Sam Madison, maybe even better than those guys type level cornerback, and that's amazing to see right now. Yeah. Um, 
the other thing I didn't really like about the Broncos game that really kicked my kicked me down that day was like how the Broncos surprised us, right? They ran the ball heavy. They had 33 carries. Yeah, so they were they were fixated on it. that. So we knew defensively that they were going to try to pound the ball and make it easier for the quarterbacks. And they still threw for like over 250 yards, like yeah. you were saying, bro. Yeah. It was a sad day, bad day. But luckily, we got the bounce back game in the schedule, which is the New York Jets. Sorriest team I've ever seen in my life, pretty much. They stay on with zero wins. Um, we beat them 20 to 3. I mean, we probably would have predicted something like that, right? Because offensively, the Jets don't really threaten anybody. And we know that defensively, they were going to step their game up and actually break out and do some big things and take advantage of that weak Jets offense. Fitz did his thing, you know, came in. We knew that Tua wasn't going to play, which was disheartening, right, as a fan, because we want to see him play. But at the same time, I still want to have the seatbelt on this guy and be like, hey, let's take care of him as much as possible. You know, if we can avoid him having to play through an injury and let him heal up as best as he could for a week, I'm down to wait a week. Yeah. I mean, it's I don't know the extent of his injury. It didn't seem like it was anything substantial, um, but it's enough for Brian Flores to not feel comfortable starting. I mean, he knows he has fits right there, you know, to, to take the team where we need to, especially playing the Jets. So, but it's just interesting because the, the the division is still up for grabs, in my still opinion. Up the for Bills grabs, are eight bro. and three. We're only a game behind. Yep. You know, Seven and, and four. And yeah, we, we still got that matchup. Right. Yeah, but we got um, you know, we got that eight, that that Kansas City game lurking, man, and you know that's gonna be that's I don't know that's gonna be a tough one. All we gotta do there is like hang in it, right? Because Kansas City has shown that they can be beaten, right? They're not the same offensive juggernaut. They can obviously score whenever they're running rampant. But they have games where they fall flat. You know what I mean? They've lost games this year to unexpected opponents. So it's no stretch to say that the Dolphins' defense can hang or can limit the Chiefs if they bring their A game, right? They can definitely do that. But looking at the here and now, we are we are in a playoff fight. 7-4, and four, a game behind the, the Bills with another game in hand to play them, albeit at home, on the road for them, uh, on the road for us at their home. Last game of the season, December, it'll be snowing, you know, all those elements against us. That game is going to be huge. Yeah. But we got to keep doing our thing and try to go week to week in order to really get the most out of the immediate, that, like, not necessarily weaker schedule, but just who, who it is that we're playing right now and what's their current status. Because it seems with this COVID things and injuries and whatnot – Every week, it's a different team that you could be facing. Yeah, they could have their star quarterback. Maybe they don't have their star quarterback. Maybe they have their rusher. Maybe they don't have their leading rusher. Whatever the case may be. There's always a there's different situation from week to week. And the Dolphins, they've seen to do good when it comes to making adjust, adjustments week to week. And I feel like we're going to see that down the stretch. Next week, we got Cincinnati at home. First home game in like three weeks, which is going to be nice. It should be a relatively close game, right? And I'll tell you why. Because I, don't I disagree. Cincinnati's offense is better than what people think. I don't know what you think about that. I disagree. That. I mean, they're 2-8-1 and one right now. They lost Joe Burrow. They don't even have Joe Mixon. You know, their their receiving core is, is you know, a rookie, an old man that's always getting injured. I, 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 don't, I don't see them being uh, a formidable opponent this week. I think the Dolphins, this, I mean, 
we should have beat the Jets by more points. We should have put more points on the board. But obviously, we're having QB issues. Obviously, we're having running back issues. We fumbled that game too a lot. Three fumbles. We too. did. Four but if, if you know, right now we're one and one in this, you know, three game stretch that we deemed as the easy stretch. You know, going into this Broncos game, I think that they need to go into that Kansas City game with some momentum with a really big win here. Absolutely. You know what I, I mean? Agree. Especially at home, man. We need, to de- we need to do it for the fans. We need to have a big win here. We need the- everything firing on all cylinders. Our defense and our special team performing the same way that they have been. Mind you, remember that Remember that Broncos game? We almost came back at the end because the defense forced a fumble on Melvin Gordon at the one. Do you remember that? Yep, yep, yep. So our defense, uh, you know, and Xavier Howard doing his thing. We, we, we've been up. getting our sacks. So we've been doing our thing, defense and special teams. Our offense has been the one that's been a little sus at, at, at times. Absolutely. And that's what we need to get down right now is we need to get that QB situation under control and we need some healthy backs back there. Absolutely. I think you hit it on the head, right? Um, we haven't seen the consistency in the offense enough to say, like, okay, we expect a certain amount of output week in, week out, right? We've seen the roller coaster ride. Sometimes it's good, sometimes it's bad. And other times we just see mediocrity because we're at that level offensively. We don't have all those weapons that other teams have, right? We just got Tool. He's only played three games. Um, Parker is our best wide receiver. He probably wouldn't even rank in the top 10 receivers this year, right? He only has about 412 yards, four touchdowns. Um, He's on his way to 1,000 yards if he continues to put up the good week-to-week performances that he's had, you know? He had a touchdown in the Broncos game. Didn't score in the Jets game, but he still led the team in in catches with eight, led the team in yards with 119. You know, he already has over 4,000 yards in his Dolphins career. So we know he's a good wide receiver, right? A good guy you want to have on your roster. But we don't have that killer threat down the field, that wide receiver that is going to get your number one defensive back and the safety help every play, right? We don't have that right now. We don't really have a running back. So we're lacking offensively in those departments and still g- getting to put points on the board because our offensive coordinator is doing a great job of utilizing yeah. the talent that we have. So we know we, that we can still do our thing as we go down the path. The Cincinnati game, like I said, man, it sucks that we're not going to get Tua versus Burrow, like, which I'm sure all the fans wanted to see him and probably would have been like a primetime game nationally. Now it probably won't because, like you said, Burrow's t- um, pretty yeah, hurt. Out. ACL injury. I, I don't know, I mean, man. It's tough for him. I don't know, man. It's it's really tough to say, yeah, the Dolphins are clear favorites here. You know, I know that Vegas has them as 11 and a half favorites, but that that seems like a lot, dude. Come on, buddy. That seems like a lot. You don't think that's I mean, a lot, I'm not going to take – I won't take the spread. I'm not going to no, the who's game taking like that, that? But – Actually, I, you know what? I would. 11 and a half points. I think the do- I would. I would. Oh, I think that's a lock, man. I think the favorite. Dolphins, that's a lock, man. I think the Dolphins make the adjustments this week. And I disagree. I think we do have the receiving core that we need. We have Devontae, who's our, our number one. But we also have Jakeem Grant and Preston Williams when he was healthy. I mean, you know, granted right now he's out. But we still have a great tight end receiving core, like, for, for our tight ends. Absolutely. We have some really good playmaking tight ends. Gusecki has, has made plays. Shaheen. We got... Are they playmakers? Are they playmakers or are they a part of the system working out for the quarterback? That's what I think. They're capable. Yeah, but that's what we need. It's just what we're lacking. They're not playmakers. I don't wanna I don't wanna use that word for our our tight ends. Gaseki can be. Gaseki can be, man. He has shown a flash maybe here and there. But again, not enough to say Hey, that tight end is a problem. See, where I think we lack though is is where we need to really get get 
you know, in on is the running game. We don't have that running game that that defenses respect. You know what I'm saying? When when they see us set up, they know we're gonna throw the ball out there. So they're they're catering their defenses to to cover all our receivers, double cover everybody out there, or you know whatever schemes they're doing to pre- to prevent those big plays from happening. Now we get a better running game, we open up those opportunities now down the field for guys like Jakeem Grant to make those big plays that's you know at at the you see that's another guy you mentioned that i'm like is he really is he really again he's not a wide receiver by trade right if if we talk about hey put out your best wide receiver court that you can get with with guys within your budget right within the next year or whatnot he's not a guy that you put in in that top three nah that's a guy that you keep on the roster hey bro you know what he's dangerous he's speedy let's put him back there to return kicks and yeah, no doubt. But he's not really a wide receiver. Again, Devontae Parker is our wide receiver. Yeah. And like you Number said, one. Wilson was on his way to improving, but unfortunately he got hurt. And that's a lack of depth that shows on the team, right? Where one guy goes down and it's like, damn, now we only have Parker really out there. And the other guys are kind of like tricksters or speedsters. Preston Williams was balling this year. He, he was, was really doing, doing really his good. thing. You know, he was really doing his thing. But one thing I wanted to point out was the... The lack of respect, I feel like Coach Flores is getting. You know, we've we've spoken about it before here, um, but I just don't think he gets talked about enough. By man. who? By the fans? By the media? All, all of it, bro. Because nobody really speaks to how badass he is, dog. Because he he's doing everything that he needs to do for this team to be successful. He's doing it in a professional way. He's doing it in a quiet way. It's working. Um, the team buys in on it. The owner buys in on it. The fans are excited. You know what I mean? Like, the team is winning. Again, nobody's really pointing and saying, damn, you know what? The reason of this is Flores, bro, because he came in here and he changed all this shit up. Nobody's really saying that. And I feel like it's it's kind of a disservice, right, to this season and what he's built and building to not look back and be like, damn, dog, this this guy really made a difference. You know, he really made a difference. And and I just don't feel he's getting his respect. So I want to give him, you know, a little shout out here. And, and no show doubt. Some shout love. out Coach Flores. Uh, but I think I think it'll come in time. I think, like you said, I think the fans, you know, the the, the fans and and the, the players know and they're they're bought in. And that's where it starts. You know what I'm saying? And um, nothing, you know, we, we'll just we, we got to give it some time for, for that to actually come to fruition. But he'll get the respect that he deserves. I think so, too. I think so, too. Like when it's when when once the season's over, right, and if we make it to the playoffs, I feel like he'll definitely get his respect and, and really get the recognition that he deserves, you know. But if we talk about this week, you know, we talk about the Cincinnati game, you think that it's going to be a big deal? I think it's going to be a blowout. I think we. I, think I don't we take really him. see it that way. Give me your prediction. If I'm being honest here, man, I think I think we're going to beat them like 41-21. 41-21? Yeah. My man. You don't think that's a stretch? Who's who's playing quarterback Sunday? I think I think we're gonna have a defensive touchdown this week. Who's playing quarterback this I Sunday? I think our run game's gonna come back. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh huh. I think we're gonna I think we're gonna come back, bro. I think we're gonna have a big game lead. I'm telling you, we need it. The the we know we need it going into that sound, Kansas City you game. You sound like you're in the locker room trying to hype these guys up. I'll do whatever at, it takes for my team. Twelve fifty four. I'll do whatever it takes. I'm asking you a question. Who's playing quarterback this Sunday? Is it Tua or is it Fitz? Or that's do we see up, both? That's not up to me. That's I'm, not up I'm to me. I'm asking you. I'm if, just asking you. If Tua's not ready to go, we go with Fitz. We know Fitz can lead the way. And you know, and you Fitz, think we can put up Fitz 41 can put up, to. You can never put it past Fitz to put up 400 yards and four touchdowns. 
in a game. You can definitely. He always, he's always good for one nah, every year. you can definitely you know do that, that he's always good. And what better team to do it than against the two eight and one Cincinnati Bengals? Come on, bro. They, yo, they've lost close games. I get it. They're on a three game losing streak. I just don't think it's gonna be that big of a blowout. You know, forty one twenty one. That's my prediction. What do you got? I got it a lot closer actually than that, man. Because again, I I don't know who's playing quarterback. Right? Nobody knows at this point. If it's Tua, you feel a little bit better about the offense. Why? He brings a different level of play, right? A playbook, a ability than Fitz. Fitz, we know what we got with him, right? Very serviceable. Like you said, can he blow up? Yeah, but he hasn't. He already had his game that he blew up, and he used it too early in the season. You know what I mean? He can't do that every three, four weeks, like uh, recharging your battery. I, that's why I really feel like if it's Fitz, we can definitely win. If it's Tua, we have a really good chance of winning, right? And I feel like whoever's the quarterback gives us different dimensions to the game and how we attack the Bengals. That's why I have it 24-17. I feel like Tua's not going to play. I don't think they're going to risk him. You know, They're going to say, bro, why, why risk him? Unless he comes out and has practice three straight days, you know, he looks good. Maybe he starts Sunday. If he starts Sunday, I, I still think they'll be restrictive on how they use him. They won't have him doing what they were doing when he was starting the first two games. So if he plays, it's in a limited role. If it's fit starting, it's still going to be limited because it's not going to be an offense that's really forth going. You know? I still got us winning, and I think this puts us closer to the Bills because I feel like they have a tough matchup and they could lose. So well, you, you sound like the people that you were talking about that don't give any respect to Flores right now. You know that? Not giving any damn respect to our team. Come on now. That's a weak, yo, weak outlook yo, let me on, ask our, you a question. on our preview hey, this week. We, Come on now. We haven't gotten close, really, to a Dolphins prediction since we started the show hey, together. Hey, bro, I swing for the fences, all right? Wait, I got keep nothing swinging, to lose. Dog. Keep I got swinging. nothing keep to swinging. lose. But, yeah, talking about the, the, the Bills, uh, they just they they're coming off a win from the Chargers. They got the Niners coming up that are all banged up. I mean, they got a you know they still got a good defense. They, they got they, some they players won last back. week. Um, yeah, they got their running back back. They got Debo Samuel back. They got Mostert back. Yeah, they got a couple guys, but they're still out of QB and they don't got their biggest player George Kittle. Yeah. So it's who knows what could happen there. I think the Bills got that game. Uh, it's a Monday night game too, so who knows that he could sh- they could show out. And then after that, they got the Steelers. So that that right there, I mean, undefeated. So Steelers. check this out. So that's Shout that's kind of like good and bad. Like we kind of want the Bills to beat the Steelers if if they don't if the Steelers don't lose this coming week. Yeah. But if they beat them, then that helps us out because now we're a game closer. Yeah. And then they got Broncos, Patriots, and then us to close out the season, as we know. So yeah. yeah. I mean, it's it's like I said, we if we do us week to week. Let them worry about themselves, and they have a much yeah, tougher absolutely. schedule than we do. Our toughest game is against Kansas City and the Bills game, right? They have three harder games than we do. So I'm okay with that. Like I said, let's worry about this week. Let's knock these fools out, beat the Bengals, send their send ass home with an L from, and warm weather, and thanks for visiting, you know? Exactly. And, and just go on to, to the next week, man. Now, something that I wanted to bring up, something interesting to me, were the movements that the Heat made this past offseason. Of course, of course. Now, of course. everybody was expecting big movements, like, like you hear the rumors, yeah. like, oh, shit, man, Bradley Beal and John Wall, maybe Westbrook wants to come to Miami. Yeah, we talked about it a little, yeah, little bit last, last episode. A lot of people were, were looking at Miami as a potential landing spot for a lot of these guys, and the way it played out, I feel like, was as expected, right? 
we knew that the Heat weren't going to try to make a big move for one of these guys because they had no interest in it. They had no real means to look at it and say, yeah, we need to make this move right now. You know, we don't we didn't need that. Everybody saw that. Um, again, fans are hopeful and they want to be like, you know, winning the offseason and shit like that. But we all know that's bullshit. You know, that gets you nothing. It doesn't get you an offseason trophy. You got to make the right moves. You, you got to make the right moves. It's lo- longevity, you know, and Pat, uh, Mickey. Uh, what's the other dude? Andy, the magician. You know those guys have that vision. You know, and they allow Spolstra to do to do his things with the type of players that he wants to have here. Obviously, the Heat made significant moves. Um, we re-signed Bam, which was huge. Yep, max contract, really extension. huge. You know, which is really good for him, bro. Because if you know that guy's humble beginnings and where that guy came from, for him to be able to earn a contract like that, because you can't say that he just got it because. He was a top five pick or he was the number one pick in the draft. You know, nah, my man worked his way up to be a baller and be an MVP type player and be the anchor for a team at a at a young age. You know what I mean? That's stuff that's rarely seen. Again, for for somebody who comes from his humble beginnings to really make it to that point where he's able to sign that contract. I thought that was a really cool thing. Um, important. Resigning that we did also was with Drogic. We brought Drogic yep, back. You I, know, I, I definitely was happy about that. We need we needed to resign the Dragon. He's he's our guy. You know, when you look at it, he's, and, he's one and of you the look most important at the, players. Yeah, man. If if you look at the the the, you know, you look up the word he culture in the dictionary. You know, you'll see guys like Drogic mentioned in that because he plays with fire. He plays with heart. You know yeah. what I'm saying? He's always willing to use his body and sacrifice and do what the team needs, you know, real heat culture and embody what it is that the coaching staff is trying to put forth to the players and share that with them and use his experience to make everybody around him better. He is the physical embodiment on the court of heat culture, right? Jimmy's soaking it up and really bought into it. Haslam, we know he's doing his thing from the from the sideline. He is the coach. Even though he's getting paid to be a play, like a, a, a player and uh, an assistant coach because the man just re-signed again. Just, just pay the man. He wants to be the oldest. He is the oldest player in the NBA. Yeah. I want you guys to know that. Yeah. Um, the man won't say no. Years. The, the man won't say no, bro. He, I think he's trying to make it a 50. 18, is this 18 years? Yeah, man. He's trying to make it a 50 years, like years old, bro, in the <laughs> NBA. I really feel that personally, bro. He's going to be playing with LeBron's kids. Right. But we know that he brings a, a certain level of respect and, and talent and, like, you know, mind melding with the with the players that are on the team right now. So he plays a role there. It's really encouraging to see a team like the Heat make the right moves, right? We're making the right moves. Everybody knew that we had to re-sign Bam, whether it was now or later. We knew that we had to re-sign him, lock him in. We knew that we had to re-sign Drogic. A surprise re-sign for me was the Meyer, Myers-Leonard re-signing. But it makes sense. Uh, a big guy center somebody you can put in there defensively doesn't need anything offensively you just use them to use screens or like offensive rebound whatever but he plays a role right he helps bam out defensively so that bam can be the versatile defender that he is so i can see the heat making a commitment to somebody who's already in the organization and say hey this guy is a part of us he knows what we want from him we can work him out we can check his body fate we know he's not going to be fat he'll be in shape yeah, let's bring Miles Leonard here, and he'll have the the that engine to play that position and that role. One signing that was not expected and I really liked was the Avery Bradley one, and I wanted to get your take on that one. What do you think about Avery Bradley? Because I have some good opinions about him. 
I, I, I mean, I liked Avery Bradley when he was on the Celtics, even though I don't like the Celtics. I, I just, I respected the guy's defense, and uh, and he's a good three point shooter too. So seeing that we we got him now, what, what do we sign him for? What two year, eleven point six mil? You know, I think so it's a very friendly contract, and that's the he's type of guy. Twenty nine years old. Yeah, he's 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 seasoned, bro. You know, he's been right? around. He knows what he's doing. So I think it's a good. I think it's a good addition. It just depends how how he fits in now with the culture. And I think now people know, like people know what you know what what the Heat culture is. You know, the guys that do come in and stuff like that, they know what what to expect. So I feel like if you're signing with the Heat, like you know what it is. Like you're not coming in there like with a, with a terrible work ethic, and you're not trying to trying to win a championship right away. So I think he's one of those guys that you plug and play. It sucks that we lost Jay Crowder. I really wanted us to re-sign Crowder, and we saw him go off to, to the Suns with uh, pairing up with Chris Paul and, and D-Book out there. But, you know, we get Avery Bradley, which is a little bit different player. You know, he can, he can shoot the three. He can, um, you know, he can D up um, you know, most, most positions out there. So I like it. I kind of like it. What are your thoughts? I really love – this signing because of what it brings to the team defensively, bro. It makes us deadly on defense. It yep. makes us deadly, deadly, deadly on defense. You know what I mean? Because he is, like I said, a seasoned defender. He's been around the league. He's been on multiple teams. He's covered the best. He's gotten scored on by the best, but he's also been able to keep those guys in check. And you need guys like that to come off the bench and give you some good minutes and say, you know what, go lock this guy down for – for eight minutes tonight. Go give me 13 good minutes and lock this guy down. Av- Avery Bradley is a dog defender, yeah. and I love that about him, bro, because the more defenders you have on your team, for Jimmy specifically, it makes him play better because he's like, damn, I'm surrounded by some real dogs, you know, some guys who are really w- willing to go after it and play hard and play gritty, you know, my type of style, and that's just going to elevate his game. Where he can look to his left and right and see a guy like Nunn, a defensive killer. Now see a guy like Bradley, a defensive killer. Look back, see Myers Leonard back there protecting the rim. Bam, flying around. Again, it allows the Heat to be elite when it comes defensively because right now we don't have the weapons to be elite offensively. So if we're elite defensively, that's going to carry us not only to the playoffs, Probably a top four ranking, maybe number three. That's what I'm predicting. You know, let's see what else happens in the in the East, right? There's some moves that we'll talk about in a little bit. But I really feel like it puts the Heat in a good position for the long run, making the playoffs, getting to the third seed, making a deep run in the playoffs. So it's it's dope. I feel like the Heat are in the right direction. And one of the weird signings that I saw was the Harkless signing. Mo Harkless? Yeah, I didn't really see that coming. One year, 3.6 mil. He's a former first-round pick, man. I mean, I don't think he's going to be substantial in his role, but, you know, he could be one of those role players. You never know with injuries and stuff what he can do. That's true. But I feel like if you look at the squad, we we got a good amount of role players, don't you think? Yeah, we got depth. That's what I'm saying. We got depth. depth. I mean, look at the Lakers. The Lakers this past year, man, they, they, they had... Depth upon depth upon depth. I mean, it was just it no. was ridiculous how many guys they had on their team. And I, I was like, oh my god, they've got this guy too. Like, what what's going on? And they just and now reloaded. They unloaded and reloaded. They just got a bunch of guys. There's a bunch of movement on the Lakers, so it's like they're ready to go. If we we were to go back and face them again, in in the finals, uh, we got to come correct and and have that depth on the bench just in case. I mean, if Drag Dragon goes down again or if Bam goes down, you know, now we got Precious. You know, that's that that's all the moves that that are being made. Now going back to Myers Leonard, though, I, I didn't get to talk on uh, to talk on this one or mention it, but 
I like the fact that we signed him because I like Myers Leonard. I like what he brought to our team. But why was he on the bench for all of the finals? And why wasn't he out there banging and clanging and at least picking up fouls on Anthony Davis or drawing them? He's too slow. So He's then, too slow. So then He's too what slow. are we so we're so just signing him now then to win us regular season games? He's not really gonna be much of a player. Believe it or not, believe it or not, that's the move, man. Because if you think about it, it goes back to what you mentioned earlier, the depth, right? You need depth in order to make uh, a serious run throughout the season, minimizing injury while maintaining efficiency. That's the name of the game, right? You wanna play as much to be efficient, to win games without getting your players hurt and really watching how they play and how many minutes they're running and how often are they taking, are they taking a day off, are they not, whatever. I mean, you can talk about how the old school players used to just gut it out and play the 82 games or whatever, whatever. I get it. I used to love that basketball, still do. But seeing the game how it is now, it makes sense because these are higher level athletes. It's way much easier to get injured. You never saw guys tearing ACLs left and right back in the 80s and early 90s. But now... It's like every other week somebody's tearing an ACL or like breaking a serious, having a leg injury or something like that and bouncing back in six to eight months. They weren't doing that back in the days. I, I guess, but I guess that's what they need to work on in the offseason with them is, is getting them a little bit more agile, more like a little quicker, big, maybe bigger or yeah. slimmer. I don't know what they got to do. But that's probably the reason of bringing him he's back. He's a big body. He's a big body. He's so useful. we need to use him in, in, in those key moments against Anthony Davis. Man. And we can't front. We can't say that the man didn't play that last year. The man played. The yeah, man he played. was great. He now, played, he again, great. But then you, all, all you, playoffs, he was on the bench. He was our best cheerleader instead of our best center. But guess know? what? That's the matchup, dog. Believe it or not, it's the matchup. And when you think about it, again, he doesn't offer enough defensively to take the L offensively, right? So you're, you're at some point, yeah, it got to a point where we were losing more with him than, than, than give and take. You know? Yeah, so uh, it makes sense for Spool to sit him down. Again, but you need a guy like him for the season to be like, you know what, bam, instead of you playing 38 minutes tonight, I'm going to play you 28 minutes tonight. And I'm going to give those extra 10 minutes to Miles Leonard and be like, hey, go out there and yeah. get your six fouls. Papo, do your thing. Tonight's about you. Hack it Have out fun. there. You know, and play Orlando. Knock yourself <laughs> out. You know what I mean? Get on Center if you yeah, got to. Yeah, dog. Those are the games, yeah. you know? And no, you, I like it by, by, by all means. I, I, like, I like it. I like the re-sign. I'm just, that's what I want. I, I like the guy too much that I don't want to see him in those key moments sitting on the bench. Let me give it back to you, right? Drogic, we signed him. We have Jimmy. We have Iguandala. K- Kelly Olenek. We still have Leonard, right? Because KO's uh, opted into his contract. Right. We have Leonard. We signed Bradley. We have Bam. Tyler Hero. Precious now. Duncan. Kendrick. Haslam. KZ, again, a second-round pick who's been working his way to the first team. That kid's going to be really good. We have Chris Silva, the Brazilian guy, and a projected $2.6 million cap for Precious. So you know that the team is, again, well-rounded. I just named all those guys, and you're like, damn, that team could go far. Now, again, you don't look at it, and you're like, oh, well, Bam's their best player, and Jimmy's their best player, and that's it. But it's deeper than that. Now I can throw six guys at you at any given position, any given night, for any given scenario. That's the type of weapons that a guy like Spo becomes really dangerous with. And when you give him a team like that, again, we're going to see the results. I feel like I know we're going to see the results once we start getting into the season and into the deep season where other teams are seeing injuries and maybe not being as efficient. Again, you're not going to see the Heat winning games 99, 110 to 102. 
That's not going to happen. We're going to see the Heat go out there, kill teams defensively, put up the most efficient number of points needed to in order to win the game and knock it out that way. And we're going to ride the whole season like that. And when we get to the playoffs, then we'll unleash something else. But it's a really good offseason so far. Yeah, I, I like yeah. the moves. I'm really digging all the moves we're making right now. Hopefully it's not the last of them. I mean, no. the Wizards just made a big move, and there's speculation that Brad Beal might not stay put yep. with them uh, now getting Hart, um, Russell Westbrook in a trade for, yeah. for John Wall in a first-round pick. Which is crazy because, again, Westbrook, hell of a player, top three, top ten player when he's at his best. Um, Mr. Triple Double himself, man. I you mean, know, the guy averaged it for two years straight. That's ridiculous. Him, him and Brad Beal could be an interesting combination, but, you know, if, if it's something that they're trying to make changes in, in Washington, like some real big changes, you know, obviously get rid of John Wall and then bring in Russell Westbrook. Maybe they maybe they don't want Brad Beal there. Maybe they want to bring in somebody else to, to mesh with Brody, and that could put Brad Beal on the market. But I don't know if we, we, we would have to trade. We would have to trade a few pieces for him. And but it's like we talked pieces. about. All it takes is for any star player to say, hey, I'm done here. Either you get me out or I force my way out. You want to work together, we can work together. If not, I can make a big stink about it. And But you let me know how you want to do it. Today's NBA is different. Now the player, again, whether they sign a max contract or don't, they can easily get up and say, hey, I don't want to be here. Trade me. Trade me for two first, three first, whatever. And whatever team is that really wants him, they're gonna give up whatever. What you want, huh? You want what for Gio? For a Gia, for a Giannis, what do you want? Six first rounders, darling. No, no problem. no problem. Here you go. What do you want for Anthony Davis? How many? Yeah, yeah, yeah I got it. it. Here you go. <laughs> Beal, what? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What is those it? big name players. Are the, the, it's the gonna ones happen. That are gonna bring you know. Bring it's you, gonna happen. Actually, bring you a championship. It's, exactly. So teams are always gonna be willing to risk that, especially a team like the Heat. Yeah. We just gotta be having our satellites up. And being ready for the signal to be like, oh, what? You're interested? I'll go get you. What's up? And it, it's bound to happen. Maybe we don't see it early, but maybe after the halfway point, close to the trade season, we'll see what teams do, how teams are doing, any injuries, whether teams have fired a GM or not, hired somebody else, whatever. We'll see a move made that'll start a domino effect. And, a do and for sure, the Heat will always be involved in that domino effect. There's no doubt about that. Absolutely. You know? Love it, man. Yeah, let's see. Uh, hopefully we get, uh, you know, either we, we, we can get make a big splash now or we just ride it out. I know the team can, can get far. We've already just proven that. And then we can wait, set ourselves up for next year, bro. Longevity, baby. That's, that's, the, that's the key. That's the name of the game. Speaking, you know what? Bro, I couldn't believe the fight that these two guys put up, bro. Speak, like Speaking when you of longevity. Talk about longevity. <laughs> The fact that these two men, A, did not die, B, put on a, a, a good fight, not a great fight, a good fight for some 50-year-olds. It was fun. It was fun to watch. It was a fun fight, man. I'm not even regretting that I caught it. it Hell was, no. I got to see Nate Robinson get knocked out. That shit was I nasty. got to see Snoop Dogg perform, and we got to see Tyson and Roy Jones Jr. I mean, come on. It was it was awesome. But it, I, I really loved the, I don't know, it was an interesting broadcast because it wasn't like ESPN or HBO, right? It was yeah, like they had a trailer. They had a MMA guy doing the main color. They had yeah, the with Snoop. There. Snoop, they need to get Snoop. Snoop is actually starting up his own boxing league. I don't know if you saw that. I don't know. I didn't know that. But yeah, I'm yeah, glad I that my saw, man I is getting his that. chance to shine because he He's definitely stole the show. Dude. Fantastic. He's bro. Nobody else can go from being a commentator and like having people cracking up, <laughs> and then just go into a performance and kill the performance. I mean, you gotta Dog, love Uncle Snoop. This guy was smoking on pay per view. Dog, bro. I love it. I love it. I love performing Snoop. all of his hits, acting like nothing was wrong. Obviously, he's in California, so nobody's even looking at him sideways. It's exactly. Snoop Dogg. You kind of expect that. 
but it was a really dope event. They did a good job of promoting it, right? They did a really good job of making it visually appealing. That was one of the first things that really hit me. I was like, damn, this, this little boxing ring is nice. The you know, it's was, tiny. Was right. This shit is tiny. It looks like my, you know, my parents' garage <laughs> that these guys were fighting in. And, and I was like, okay, but at least it looks cool as it shit. It was intimate. It was, was intimate. intimate. It was definitely intimate. But it was cool as shit. You know, they had the lights on the top, which was like kind of old school. With the back in the days in the New York Madison uh, Square Garden where people were like fighting back in the days, it was really cool to have that. Um, it was really dope. Could have been better, yes, but at the same time, when you think about it, there's two fifty olds, bro. Tyson just got into shape. Yeah, he lost like a hundred pounds over the last year to get in shape for this fight. Roy Jones Jr. stopped fighting three years ago, and Tyson stopped fighting fifteen years ago. Which that was probably one of my favorite things was the the interactions, you know. Uh, behind the scenes or whatnot uh, that they were that they had when uh, they were asking Roy Jones Jr. how he was feeling and what, and then Tyson chimed in. He was like, "Man, why are you asking him how he feels? What I about me? I haven't done this in fifteen years. What like, about me, <laughs> bro? I love Tyson, bro. It was again. I love. Him. It was a perfect, perfect, perfect setup. They had. And they he did he a good job. He still has it, man. I think he just he just all he did he just put on a show. That's what he did. Because if he guys. really wanted. To, to go after somebody and fight them, like if it was a more serious fight, wasn't it quote unquote exhibition fight? The dude still got it. He looked nah, that fucking, shit was a real fight. He looked no, 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 fantastic. No. Fuck, fuck what anybody says. That was a real fight. Yeah. Because those the moment that bell rang the first time, bing, and those guys threw a punch at each other with force, there was no more games there. This ain't no exhibition, bro. The way they were hitting each other was not a joke. Jones Jr. went in there with a game plan, executed it, you know, stayed away from major punches, but he still got a lot of body abuse because Mike was throwing hard. And you can tell that he was on the yeah, prowl every round, trying to, you Those know, walk down hurt. Roy Jones Jr. and, like, walk him down and, like, try to throw the good, body man. shots. Those combinations he was throwing, Mike still got it. My man knew he was in a fight. Roy Jones Jr. knew he was in a fight, so it was a fight. Now, they scored it. It was a bullshit score. Tyson yeah, that's what I mean. That fight, yeah, right? But that's what I mean about it. I get it. I get what you're saying. But at the end of the day, you know, those two guys, if, if it's Tyson and and somebody else and, and the mindset is not like, hey, we're just trying to do this for fun for the viewers. There's, you know, coronavirus. People have been quarantined. We want to put on a show. This will be nostalgia. So it'll make a good for a good show. If it was like, hey, you know what? I want to really box again. Like, I really want to get back into that killer mic mode. When, when he was a savage, knocking people out in the first round, like, I think Mike Tyson would still be able to do it. Like, if they started, like, a, you know how they have the tour, the, the PGA tour for the old, for the old yeah, senior tour? The senior. If they had, like, a senior boxing, which is a terrible idea, by the way. But if they did do it, and Mike Tyson was, like, the headliner, I guarantee you that would sell more than, like, modern-day boxing right now. Well, if you, when you think about that, it's very possible nowadays because, again, if these guys are willing to stay in shape and really fight about it, then who's to say they can't fight? Who's to say they can't fight? And I saw recently on Bleacher Report that Evander Holyfield already called out Tyson and was like, yo, we need to do the trilogy. And I know that everybody I mean, would pay to watch that how's trilogy. How's that ear looking lately? Yeah. you Let's know, get it. Everybody would pay to watch that. Or even bootleg sure. or whatever, but everybody would for watch sure. it. For sure, for sure. So we know that, that that's a and real Holyfield's possibility. Down and Holyfield is still, I mean, I don't think he's all there mentally, but I think he's still in shape. I'm sure he could still throw a punch and For hit sure. really hard. So, again, it's very real possibility that those things can continue to happen in the near future. Like you said, people liked the entertainment. It was clean entertainment. Nobody really got knocked out. Yeah. Nobody was bleeding. Except for Nate Robinson. You know, except for Nate Robinson. God, 
man is forever gonna be a meme. My oh man my is God. forever the gonna be a meme. The internet is undefeated, dude. Undefeated, All the bro. things that I've seen uh, about him, it's just been ridiculous. It's and undefeated. no, that kid Jake Paul. I mean, uh, that's the thing, though. You know, that's that. That was the best thing that could have happened for him was that somebody like Nate Robinson, that's a professional athlete in his own right, but not a boxer by any any draw of the imagination. It's not a game, bro. Go in there in that ring with. This kid, you know, is Jake Paul, I think, right? That's his yeah, name. Yeah. You know, go go in there against this kid who, you know, and, and he has a little bit of boxing experience, but he he just it was night and day. You know, Nate looked flustered, man, going in there rushing stuff. He didn't first you know, of all, it was like a street fight that he just couldn't even get out of it. First of all, bro, you can tell that Nate Robinson has never been in a real fight in his entire life. <laughs> That's first of all. Second of all, there's no amount of training, bro, that you can do in three months, six months, nine months. To get you ready to face somebody else professionally with no headgear, no nothing. You know, again, it's a different game. That's not a game. That's a sport. That's a real sport that you have to commit to and say, yo, I'm I'm going to do this for a living. You can't just play around and, do, and say, oh, well, I used to play basketball, so I'm pretty sure I could box. Nah, homie, that shit don't work out that way. And he found that out the hard way. Oh, yeah. Because he got knocked down three times. The third one was the nasty yeah, knockout. The ref should have called it way sooner. I would have. I would have. He was even telling him, show me your gloves. And Nate was like, what? Huh? He was like, you got to gotta do this. You got to show me your gloves. Bro, he literally picked them up, oh. walked them towards him. <laughs> yeah. like, setting like, the guy up. He should have you know? uh, called so that sooner. I, that there, that right? was the one thing that I was a little upset about. But I got to admit, I did laugh when he got knocked out. I'm I sorry. Mean, the, the, I couldn't help it. It was too funny. The knockout was a hell of a knockout. It was too funny. It was too funny, bro. It was too funny. It was too funny. Again. It was a great performance, a great event. I really think that fans liked it. And if something similar happens to it again, like something similar with some legends, don't necessarily have to be heavyweights. It could be whatever weight. Any legends that are willing to come back, I feel like it'll it'll definitely sell out and be an eventful evening or something like that, something you could chill with friends. I think we just need more Mike Tyson in our lives. Absolutely. Everybody could just use more Mike Tyson. But I just wish Mike Tyson was a Chelsea fan. <laughs> I would love to have him be there that's, and, that's, uh, and have him be like the embodiment of Chelsea because right now it looks like they, they're a good fit because Chelsea is kicking ass right now, Coming bro. off a big win yesterday. Coming off a huge win, be Sevilla at home, um, at Sevilla, better yet said. And Sevilla was undefeated at home against English clubs in the last three years. They've played Manchester City. They've played Liverpool. Um, big, big teams, you know, from England. And Chelsea was the first team to beat them at home in three years, which was huge. Yeah. Because this team is way ahead of schedule. Everybody thought that the moves that they made in the beginning, getting Timo, getting Kai, uh, making moves for Thiago Silva, making moves for, for upping Pulisic into the captaincy, getting rid of Willian. Again, there were a lot of moves made, and they signed a lot of players. So the expectation was really high for Chelsea, and for more specifically for Frank Lampard. And for me, as a Chelsea fan, seeing him pretty much start as the manager from day one, you can tell that he's lived up to the pressure of being a Chelsea manager because it's a huge deal. Um, it's a huge deal. He's done it because he's a legend at the club, so it it adds to the pressure of being successful. And right now, he's the most successful that anybody could have ever imagined. He's currently third place in the EPL, only behind Tottenham and Liverpool. He, all three of those teams have only lost one season, one game this season. Mm. So the only difference between them is the ties and the, and the wins. Um, they're both at 21 points. Chelsea has 19 points. They're the first 
England teams to qualify in the Champions League. Now, Champions League is huge because that's where everybody usually makes their money. Of course. The farther you advance in the tournament, obviously, the more bucks you're going to get from the TV rights. And they were one of the first teams from England to do so. Again, ahead of teams like Real Madrid, who lost, Barcelona, uh, who was expected, uh, City, Manchester City, an England team hadn't qualified yet. Liverpool hadn't qualified yet. Big clubs nationally in England and internationally. And Chelsea was able to be one of the first teams. It's the first time since 2015 that they secured the top of the group. That's a really hard thing to do because you usually get mixed in with at least another good team. And it's always hard to land on top. That way, you systematically, next round, avoid playing another big team, right? Because as you advance, the higher seed you are, the better off you are, obviously. Chelsea right now is definitely on fire. They've won four straight games in Champions League. This is the first time in all, all competitions that they've won 12 games straight. First time that they go four straight games in Champions League since 2011-2012, which was subsequently the year they won the Champions League. Again, very, very enthusiastic right now to be a Chelsea fan. And I know you don't know too much soccer, but right now it's a really good time to be a Chelsea fan, bro. So if you want to jump on the bad wagon, no, man, I'm all in. jump in. I'm all in, especially with, I mean, I'm, I'm looking, I didn't get the chance to watch the last game, but it's saying, uh, I forgive me if I pronounce this incorrect, but... Olivier? Olivier, man. Olivier Gerard. The Frenchman, a.k.a. Four the goals. Four goals, bro. I, I, he was, I'm sitting here, he's the last guy to do it. The last guy to do it was in March 2010. Yeah. Nobody's, nobody's done that in 10 years. So now he's the oldest. So tell me about this guy. It's, first of all, he's French. Everybody calls him the handsome man. He's okay. known passionately. I see that. He's a good-looking guy. No, the guy's, I'm jealous of his hair, bro. Yeah, he's a, he has a great beard on him, too. No, the guy's... Handsome Some tattoos, it looks like. No, yeah. this guy's the definition of handsome. He's a model part time in France, so okay, you know sense. what he's up against, right? Sense. You know what he's up to, right? Right. Again, he had the four goals against yeah, Sevilla. He's the oldest to do a hat trick in the Champions League. First Chelsea player with four goal, four goals in the Champions League or in a European Cup since Frank Lampard. And Frank Lampard played, you know, last two thousand eight. Again, that guy is definitely at his game. He's the French uh, second, I think. French leading scorer of all time behind Zidane. So That's crazy. He's obviously guy's doing big things, right? This guy is the quote-unquote veteran on the team, and he's leading guys like Timo Werner, a big signing for us, a German, uh, the homegrown talent team, and Abraham, another forward. And he's really doing things like this after not being used for like three games, two games coming off the bench, and all he does is produce. So for me, Olivier Giroud is really important to this team. And I really think that his impact on the team is being shown whether he plays or not because everybody around him looks at him to be like, yo, you're the leader because you're the old school here and you know what it takes. A lot of the other guys are just coming into the team or just coming up in the academies, so maybe they don't have a sense of what winning really means, but they get that from Giroud. And, and it's really dope to see that because everybody wishes they had him. But That's yeah, good, bro. Man. Tall and handsome, bro. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a fan. I'm a fan of that guy. I'm a, I'm a fan of Chelsea. I'm, I'm, I'm excited, man. So what's next? Next, what we, got we, next? Got, we got Leeds next. United at home, which is pretty cool because they're gonna have fans, and it's one of the first games that have fans in back in England, Very in cool. London. Yeah, so it's pretty cool. Hopefully, you know, we see home games here, Dolphins games. They have an effect and an impact on the game, and it has a definitely impact, bro. Because believe it or not, the players feed off of the energy. No doubt. Uh, whether it's a little bit of energy, the rival energy, whatever it takes, they definitely need that encouragement. And it's cool to see 
it happening worldwide, right? Chelsea is going to get the fans at home. Uh, we have the Dolphins game coming up Sunday. People are going to be able to go to the game. Hopefully, when the Hurricanes start playing again, they'll be able to open up the stadium and, and let people in. The Heat, once their season gets going, we'll be able to attend games. Even if it's social distancing and the capacity is limited, it still doesn't matter because people love sports and they're always going to be willing to attend sport, sporting events, which is really good to know and to see because as a sports fan, I would like to attend some of those events, albeit as safe as possible. I know you feel the same yeah, way. Yeah, man, I'm missing, li- I'm missing live sporting events. It's uh, one of the most enjoyable experiences that you can have is just having a cold beer, hanging out there, watching the game. It's, it just it changes it up, man. There's plenty of events that we've talked about that we can look back to and say, damn, bro, you know what? At, at that point, we should have had fans. The Masters, the Tyson fight, the finals. You know, it would have been really dope to see the World Series. It would have been really dope to have fans in the stand. Yeah. Albeit we couldn't, that's cool. Hopefully in the very near future, as things continue to slowly progress, we'll be able to see more fans in the stadium, bro. It's just going to make that much that much crazier whenever you know, the floodgates do open and, you know, we get this coronavirus under control and this whole pandemic under control, uh, how, how crazy it's going to be, right? Yep. So I mean, I'm, I'm excited, it. bro. I'm dying to go see Tua in person, bro. I'm dying to go see that little guy oh, yeah, in person. Man. The little no, that Hawaiian whole team, style. man. I want to see that whole team in person, man. So yeah. I'm, I'm excited, man. Me too, bro. Well, we did another episode, go, bro. Baby. As always, my dog. Yes, sir. I always a pleasure, you. my man. And everybody else, thank you so much for tuning in. Remember, you can visit the Instagram page at SoSo Sports with SoSo Podcast. And you can always visit the website, sportswithsoso.com. Peace. Peace.